0: season three ladies and gentlemen of chewing the gristle is upon us we've got a bunch of great guests lined up we're gonna let the good times roll are you ready to pound the gristle we ride brought to you by our good friends at wildwood guitars in beautiful Louisville, colorado and fishman transducers of beautiful andover massachusetts Another installment of Chewing the Gristle is in store for you, my friends. Special week this week, we have guitar potentate and legend Phil X. Guitar annihilator, an extraordinary personality of both the internet and the stage. Whether it's with his own band or with mega stadium stars Bon Jovi, the mighty Phil X is here to rock your brain. Can you dig it? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the time has come once again for us to convene in convivial guitar conversation here on Chewing the Gristle with yours truly, Gregory Cock. I'm here with a legend, if you will, of the guitar world. If you don't pay attention to what's going on in the guitar world, you may not know who this guy is. But if you have your finger on the pulse in any way, shape or form, you know of the power And the majesty of one and only Phil X.
1: Phil, what's going down, Daddy-O? I don't know if I've ever had an intro so awesome as that.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you, sir. Now, where are you? I know you're currently filling Enormodomes and rocking people's brains with Bon Jovi.
1: Well, no, that was last month. That was last month. What's going on this month? This month, I'm playing with a Kurt Dimer. Kirk Geimer is, uh, we recorded a, rec- a record together that came out last November, and then uh, we've been putting out singles, and, uh, and we're currently opening for Yngwie, Melon- oh, ho, ho. So, but I literally went from Bridgestone Arena in Nashville on Saturday night to a little theater in Hartford, Connecticut on Sunday night, so basically we went from 15,000 to above 300. Um and I, I gotta admit, it was a little weird. There was like you know different guitars, different gear. I sing different. Uh, I play different. Um, so I was on stage, and it was funny because it was. It took a fan to pinpoint it. They come up to me and they go, "You know, you walked on stage and you were really unassuming and calm. And then in about three minutes, you exploded into Phil X. Is that was that on purpose?" <laughs> <laughs> and literally, I walked on stage going. What, what's going on man what's happening but then you realize you have a guitar in your hands and a mic in your face and uh, you're ready to be you so that's what happened
0: i can dig it all so how long is this particular run
1: with Ingve going until june 5th
0: nice so you're just going from one tour vessel to the next
1: yeah and i mean you know it's it's uh it's i love making music and i feel grateful that i, I get to make music and this is how this is what we do even my six and eight year-olds say it's what daddy does <laughs> so um but I mean it was really hard you know on, on do when we were in Nashville I was like wow I, I was talking to my wife and I go you know it's I, I'm kind of bummed that everybody's going home on Sunday and I'm going on another tour and she just turned the light on and said hey you're halfway through ah. and, and I thought hey that's why you're here Thanks. <laughs> so
0: when you're done with this tour, are you home for a while? Are you living in Nashville now or Los Angeles? No, I
1: actually lived in – we tried Nashville for eight months, and now I'm back in California. I am paying for the ocean. I literally pay for the ocean. So yeah. uh, uh, my kids love it, man. My kids love the ocean, so daddy's got to find a way to pay for it. So that's why I'm constantly working. And But if if you, if music is work and work is music, you can't beat that, right? That is correct, Amundo. So you're originally from Canada. So if you want to say it like that, I'll let it go. <laughs> I born, yeah, Toronto. Born, born and raised in Toronto, Canada. Uh, moved to California in 97 and kind of went from, you know, like a mediocre fish in, in a small pond to uh, a tiny, tiny fish into a huge, in a huge pond. But uh, it all kind of worked out, I think. It did. <laughs> It did work out. I think it worked out all right. So I remember
0: talking to some people and, you know, they said, man, Phil back in the day would come in and just annihilate clubs back in Canada. So, I mean, the 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 genesis of what would be Phil X was seems to be already well intact when you were in Canada. And then you just spread the gospel to the Southern Californian regions. And then that was the conduit for you to explode. (laughs) Like a guitar-gasm, if you will, all over the abdomens um, of America. That's Wait quite a minute, an image. That was...
1: That was- <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's it's, it's really... A, you know, I got to say, too, it was really amazing running into you at the Dallas. And it was set up day, too. That was the only day we could attend. Because um, we were playing... We were on our way to soundcheck, and we were like, hey, let's go. So it was great to see you in, in the foyer before we had to split and because uh, you have this amazing energy and then when you asked hey you, you said like hey let's do a podcast i'm like well that sounds like the next step so <laughs> i'm i'm really i'm really glad to be here and that, and when i said i was telling people that we were doing this and people were like man you guys need to play together yeah that would be awesome so, so i'm waiting i'm waiting for that step but in the you- meantime we can converse and talk guitar i'm i'm all about it talking guitar is such a Agree. great, like we, we never run out of topics, man. We're all geeks. We're the new nerd, you know, with well, the yeah. pedals and the amps and the guitars and the pickups and all that stuff. And this cable is better than that cable. And I'm like, how? <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting
0: though, cause we didn't start off this to be nerds. We just, we did it to be pagan rock warlords. Right? And then we just didn't give a shit anymore. And it was all just about the glory of, of playing and guitars and smelling cases I love the smell of a good case, especially if it's got, a,
1: it's got a little must to it. Yeah. You know what? That you totally nailed it. It's like, wow. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> but it's, it's you know, I, I love, uh, I, I remember seeing you at the Nam show many times and going from company to company. And obviously you're with our buddy Ken at, uh, at Reverend now, which is amazing. Yes. But uh, you're such a great player. And it's. It's uh, the community of guitar is so amazing because you you could meet some, an icon that uh, you idolize when you were a kid and they could walk up to you and go hey I've been watching your videos great job it's I mean. crazy like the YouTube made the world so small and it's just uh, an incredible thing and it's like I always just You know, for me, it was always, uh, you know, I had my heroes when I was a kid, but I knew I didn't want to be a copycat. So I started inventing licks out of the gate. Right. And uh, I see that in you. And I see that in all the players that I love that got somewhere where they didn't want to be fall into the realm of it's been done. Right. And I think that's really important. I try to spread that message. And even though it's on Instagram, where I'll do something like, hey, I'm going to show you a pentatonic like you never heard of pentatonic, right? <laughs> and here it is fast, and here it is it slow. See you next week or tomorrow. But you know, it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's 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 such an amazing, and you I start you start seeing the people appreciate that. Yes. And so man, I'm so glad you're posting these because I never looked at it like that, and I, I thought my pentatonic playing was getting boring, and you just opened up a whole new world. And thank you. And I think. I think we all it's kind of our job to like present something that people don't think of that can help them help get them to another level. And right. I, I love that we all do that. Absolutely. Now you
0: started doing these videos for Fretted Americana back in the day and that's how a lot of people knew who the heck you were and that's kind of for the same thing for me. I mean, I had done all this other stuff and then you start doing these videos. But what's so great about it is, is that there's there's no, there's no middleman. You could just see the full, unmitigated Phil X, you know, it, doing its thing. And, and because of that, it's such a natural connection that it just, it's a great, it's, it's almost as if we couldn't have scripted it. You know what I mean? It's like we probably never <laughs> saw it coming. And you ended up doing it. Like, yeah, I'll do that. And then it turned out to be this thing.
1: Right. right because we didn't know what we were doing. You know, I talked to Dustin all the time. He was the guy that said, hey, can you do some guitar videos? And, you know, it went from here's the neck pickup, here's the here's the bridge pickup, uh, we'll do another episode soon kind of thing. And then it ended up being, you know, the Phil X show and being funny and singing Zeppelin and ACDC and and then shredding. And it's like, but it's, it, the, you know, he walks in and he goes, you know, we've had like millions of collective views and I'm like, right. I don't even know what that means, yeah you know? at the time, right. we had no idea, but we knew it wanted to grow, and then you know people were like, why'd you stop?" But you know, at first, it was so much fun, and then, um, I had to stop when it stopped being fun. you know, you get to a point where okay, now they're bringing guitars, and they want me to do fifteen in a day, and they're not staying in tune, and they're not set up, and this strat is fretting out and worth eighty thousand dollars and I'm like, This isn't fun <laughs> you know." So then, I just stopped, and um, you know, and everything gets replaced by something else. You know, if you keep pushing forward, and then you get a call from John Bon Jovi, and then you're doing that, and right. then, and life changes, and then, but it, you know, there's there's always change. I'm always open to change. I I just want to play guitar, and I love that technology is so advanced that you can set up a studio in your house, and someone can send you a session in a Dropbox folder. And you just open it up, lay down guitars, send them the guitars, and then they PayPal you the next day. Right. Like, has it ever been easier than that? Right. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) It's fantastic.
0: It's a glorious thing. Maybe we should do an iso jam. I think we should. We should do something. I I realize that we're we're the same age. Isn't that crazy? That's so crazy. So I was crazy. born
1: in June of 66. So I'm actually older. I have a few months on you, you fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It's funny. Um, we should. It should be the Cock Marshall Trio plus Phil X. Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. Because until we're in the same city, it it probably won't happen soon. So, But we should do it.
0: Well, are you going to be home in Los Angeles in at the end of July, or are you going to be out at playing a Normo Domes?
1: <laughs> um, I'm going to be – you know, it's funny, though. I You keep calling it a Normo Dome, and I was watching uh, – I was catching up on Ted Lasso last night on my – Yes. MacBook and, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know, in the first season, I, I was always like, man, everybody needs a little Ted Lasso in them, you know? right. And then the uh, second season got a little a little dark, but they played Wembley Stadium and they walked onto the field and they're all looking around, gasping. And and I'm like, holy shit, I played there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's the Enormo Dome that you're talking about right there. It is 82,000 people with the local opener. Like, unbelievable. That's, a, that's insane. It's totally insane. And I, I look at pictures now and I'm like, I'm this tiny on a catwalk and I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe I did that. And, you know, continue to do that. I mean, it was arenas. We played 15 arenas with Bon Jovi last month and it's 15,000 people every night. And, um, I just walk on stage every night and all I want to do is just connect with people and you see the immediate gratification and it's fantastic. Now, how do you come down from that? I mean, my, my only
0: experience with that, level of of humanoids playing in front of i did this um did this thing out in oregon and um there was like twenty thousand people and we did our thing it was my band at the time malford milligan was singing and you know we we do a couple of these little medley things we build it up and like this one it's like we do miserloo but then we go into days we do we go into dazed and confused and then we go back into Miserloo, and then it would like da-da-da-da. So it just kind of builds and builds and builds, and then it's done. So it usually gets a good response from a hot and sweaty club. But now we're in front of 20,000 people, and we got done, and they roared so loud that I actually was taken aback. It's an you know, amazing like, oh, feeling. Holy shit. I, this this If you did this every night, that would really mess your mind up because it's just it's such this— communal thing that happens so does that happen to you every time you take the stage and if so
1: how do you deal with it I you know coming down like you just said I got I get a good eight hours a month (laughs) 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 I get a good eight hours sleep all of April you know it's it's like it's hard to come down it really is and then you know and at the same time April was weird because we were we had uh, uh COVID protocols so we're um, say I came to your town with Bon Jovi and I said, Hey man, come to the gig and I'll give you a tour of the stage and, the, and the gear and, and the dungeon below with all the monitor world and, and stuff like that. We could, that was, that was a perk of for friends and family. And that was a, that was a no go all of April, right. you know? And, um, and it's kind of, uh, it was kind of weird, but at the same time, you know, we wanted to stay safe and we wanted to keep going. And even though we were staying safe, 20 people in our crew got COVID, they right. tested positive. And so a lot of our other remaining crew were multitasking and our our percussion player, he missed two shows in Florida because he was also positive. So, I mean, the, when, when John says the show must go on, he means the show must right. go on. There's like maybe four people that if they got it, then we'd have to cancel some shows, so that kind of sucks. But we uh definitely, definitely you know, made it through and uh, right to the very end, and it was an amazing experience. And now, here we're doing it here, and again, our, our bass player in Kurt Dimers' band, Christian Sturba, he tested positive in um, in uh, a few like 10 days ago. And our merch guy plays guitar, bass, and drums. So he learned our show
0: <laughs>
1: and did three shows, three or four shows. That's insane. I know it's crazy. So now Christian is back because it's been ten days. He's tested negative, and he, you know, we wanted to make sure that he was um, non-contagious. And here we are rocking and rolling. And you never thought in a million years that this would be a thing. Right. But it's a thing,
0: you know? It's totally a thing. It's, it's, it's a bizarre thing because all through, you know, the heart of the, you know, the pandemic and the lockdown and, you know, over the last two years, never had, never had COVID. Never got sick. You know, you know was vaxxed up. Now I'm double boosted in the whole nine yards. And in the last three months, I got two different illnesses that I've been more sick than I have been in years. And I tested the bejesus out of myself multiple times. No COVID, no COVID. It's been so weird. So I've effectively not had it, but now I'm just getting over another cold. I was out um, just the last couple of days, sneezing nonstop. And so was my wife. And before she had to go back to work, you know, she, you know, took a test negative, you know, and it's, it's. It's just, it's, it's a strange time, man.
1: Strangeness. We rehearsed for three weeks in an arena just because you can't go from almost three years of nothing to an arena. Right. You have to adapt to a loud space. Um, so after rehearsal, I got home and I tested positive when I got home. So when you feel like, man, I dodged the bullet for two years and then you see the two lines, that's kind of heartbreaking. Right. And then I came home to spend two weeks with my kids before the tour, and one week was taken away from us because I was sick. Right. So I tested twice, and then I just texted my wife. I, I crashed in the guest room because I didn't want to wake them up. I got home early, really late, and I just said, you know what? Um, <clears throat> I just texted her, I just don't come in here with the kids in the morning because I just tested positive. And, and, and what does she do? She's so excited. She doesn't look at her phone, swings the door open, and my daughter's like, Daddy! And I'm like, get out! sucks. <laughs> <And, laughs> oh, it and, and she knew exactly what i meant so it was it was a tough time you know but you weren't really sick though you just tested positive no you know what i, I uh i mean you know when you can't take any chances so the bon jovi group sent over a crew that gave me a monoclonal antibody Antibodies, yeah, yeah. in yeah. my backyard and they just put the needle and the IV in for 30 minutes, and then uh, so all the body aches immediately went away. But I had this swallowing razor blades feeling for a few days. That's ah, yeah. But then uh, I didn't. I get I didn't get any fever or anything like that, which is really good because then you you're non-contagious in a week. With the fever, it's like 10 days or something. So, I mean, but that changes every week, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like hey, let's check what what the rules are this week because they change all the right. time.
0: Yeah, so weird. Good lord. Yeah. But what are you gonna do? We gotta
1: keep on a rocking. Well, right now I'm gonna punch you because you put that guitar in the, in the shot. Ah, ha, 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 yes, I did. You were lusting for
0: this I was green lusting for harlot. that guitar
1: and you probably put it there on purpose. And uh, ah, ha, 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 ha.
0: Just so my you know man. for the for the listeners, my green gristle ninety with the P nineties and in the Tosa turquoise.
1: I would literally have to stand on a stool just to punch you on the shoulder.
0: <laughs> now, is it, it can we talk about your guitar that's coming, or do we have to be hush-hush on
1: that? No, let's do it, man. Let's do it. So there's an SG of Doom coming. Oh my God. So um it's it's really funny too, because uh, being with Gibson, um, and you know, a, a lot of my heroes played Gibson growing up. So being with Gibson, and and even the when we played Nashville, the, the Nashville Gibson people, they had a you know a press box. So they came up, and I got a text the next day saying, "Wow, we really love the parade of Gibsons right. <laughs> so on stage, right?" Because I, I played two Explorers, one Flying D, two SGs, a Les Paul. Uh, a songwriter 12-string for Wanted uh, Dead or Alive, uh, uh, a Hummingbird 6-string for another, uh, a newer acoustic song, and uh, the list goes on, you know. Mind you, you know, it's, it's Bon Jovi and it's a mega band, so if I, I can't, if I'm going to play I'll Be There for You, it's on a Strat. But it's, you know, I, I, I have uh, an exotic Strat and I have a Paoletti Strat from Italy, and then for telly songs, for the country stuff, I was using a um, <clears throat> a Nash Esquire, which oh, yeah. killed yeah. it. And then uh, I also started using a, a Gretsch Fortis Falcon because I'm friends with uh, Richard Fortis, and he hooked yeah, me yeah, yeah. with the the bro deal. And uh, I used that, and uh, that that thing sounded amazing. It has a, everything that I didn't like about the the white Falcon, which is an amazing guitar. Everything I didn't like about it, Rich Richard corrected it. I got you. Yep. Now it plays better, sounds better, is thinner. Sounds, you know, it's just. So why why wouldn't I get that?
0: <laughs> yeah, there's but, something uh, about a Gretsch. Even you know, they sound great, clean, but God, they sound great
1: when you turn up the heat. Yeah, it's really amazing, and this this thing sounds great. So, I mean, and this so the, the SG that I I've wanted, I've always wanted uh, an SG that had a fatter neck. And uh-huh, yeah, so I have two sixty four custom shops, which have the biggest neck that you can get on an SG, and I, it's still balanced. So I was Got really it. impressed with that. But when I was talking to the luthier, you know, you when you make a wish list for a company like Gibson, you don't know. You have to have a a wish list, and you have a super wish list, which you don't even know if it's possible. Right, 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 right. So I was like, "Can we make it?" An, can we make the body an eighth inch thicker? Cause I'm a bigger guy. You know, like you said, your body, your, your, your body is like 3% larger. Right. on all. I just wanted it thicker. And they said, yes, we can do that. And then, and I really love the 57. I mean, the neck on my 57 gold top custom shop. And they're like, well, we can do that too. And then, uh, and can we throw dog ears on there? And they're like, Yes. And I'm like, wow, this is this is turning into a, a great talk. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then uh. I found a color. So the color is going to be a very unique, never mass-produced TV gold. Oh, cool. So it picture TV yellow, but gold. So you see this, um, you see the grain of the wood, but it, so it's not like a gold top. But they <clears throat> they have a procedure where it almost looks like there's a sparkle to it but it's not it's just really i can't disclose this the the procedure but it just i saw it somewhere and i thought this is amazing and they said we'll, we'll call it tv gold so it's gonna be pretty amazing and i do like the wraparound bridge but i also the love the look of the maestro like the right. yeah the yeah and so it's all, and I like the weight of it too. So it's all gonna, it's all gonna be there. So we're gonna, I'm s- we're supposed to get prototypes like next week. So I'm really awesome. Excited. Yes. Yeah, very excited.
0: Yeah, that's that crazy tailpiece, that maestro thing. I mean, like on Clapton's Cream, Cream Era, the Fool uh, yeah. SG, man, that guitar sounded awesome. And you wonder, even though we, I think, you know, there's some, you know bootlegs where he's actually using that thing but for the most part it's just there right but they but they sound a different way just like they bigsby have, sound good whether using them or not
1: yeah they definitely have a sound I, I i went with um the wraparound because i i had one guitar with with the lyre that sounds great and i had a second guitar that didn't sound quite the same like i guess they, they can vary with the. Uh, the wood and stuff right. <clears throat> so we put a wrap around that and the wrap around sounds amazing so I go I think I this this might be more consistent and I love consistency yes Um. you know so but I do again I do love the look of the vib- the vibrola I just think it looks like awesome you yeah. know and uh, you know my ACDC IOMI uh, yes SP Fantasies are about to come t- come to fruition to so fruition they- wish, for a wish. That's great They're gonna time. come
0: to fruition. I can dig it. So, so yeah, what sad. kind of what kind of crazy ampli? You know, you're in a band like Bon Jovi. You can have whatever the Sam Hell you want as far as like a backline of doom and destruction. So, did you pull the? Did you get anything crazy like you wouldn't do for a normal kind of rig of yours, or is did you just kind of pull the pin and say I'm gonna do everything I ever wanted to do because I can do it now?
1: You know, the funny thing is, is uh, when you think, like when I play with the drills, for instance, and I have a cabinet behind me, I love that. In this case, there's no cabinet behind me. The cabinet's in a nice little box. Ah, the yeah. Everything's doing coming in through in ears. In ears, yeah, yeah, yeah. They so don't get the.
0: Ooh.
1: Right. It sounds more like ooh, ah. <clears throat> yep. which kind of sucks. It's it's underwhelming. <clears throat> yeah. But at the same time. I have my Friedman X amp, and I'll tell you how I ran this. I have the Friedman X signature going into a Friedman 412 in the ISO box, and then I have a Supra Statesman going through another cab, usually, but in this case, we ran it through a two notes capture X with one of my cabinets in it and uh, in the IR. And I, I feel like a 412 cabinet always has this mid scoop. And what the smaller amp does, which is, is fill that gap. Uh-huh. So, uh, and and uh, I was playing. And our sound guy is really awesome to work with. So, <clears throat> I was recording one time, and basically, I set my amp. The gain structure of my amps is basically: if I play an SG, it sounds like ACDC. If I play a Tele, it sounds very country. So it depends on the output of the pickup. Every guitar and when I play the hotter pickup that's in the explorer, it approaches Van Halen. So what I'm doing is without touching the amp, without doing anything, I'm getting three different sounds from just changing guitars. Which that's it should happen that way, right? right? The guitar should be able to speak its voice through your rig. And then and then I go out front and I record something. Uh, so I can hear the guitar without playing it, I go out front and he, and he goes. This is what the 57 sounds like. This is what the 421 sounds like. This is what the Supro sounds like. And he puts all three sounds up, and I'm like, Oh my god, this sounds amazing. Now at the same time, <clears throat> I went through 40 overdrives at rehearsal, <laughs> <laughs> and I want I only wanted to do two, but I had to I had to use four so they're not all high gainy and i maybe stack in a couple of songs like i'll put this on for the rhythm of born to be my baby and then i'll kick this one in for the lead and then take it off and then this will be for the country solos and this will be for i don't know something else um and basically you you end up it's hard to find something that sounds open because you got your wireless unit so you can run around on a big stage and that does a little compressing. Right. And then you're using in-ears that are also wireless and that's doing a little compressing. So it's hard to get, you can't use something that's very clony and compressing because it. then it's just your hand, it's not responding to your hand. So it took me a while to find the right recipe. And once I got the recipe, I'm like, you know, it's still not, it's still not responding in my hands I wanted to, but when I watch YouTube the next day and I listen to the board mix, my guitar sounds fantastic. So I'm going to take a little hit for the team here and play not the easiest sound to play with, not the most forgiving sound, but it sounds great out front. Right. That's so in, fifteen thousand. So you just people. have to trust that it sounds great. Right. Yeah. That's for fifteen thousand people instead in, in, instead of versus this guy <laughs> who I'll take I'll lead it. You know. You'll take one for the team. Exactly. For the audience in this case. (laughs) So the amps are set,
0: are they set a little crunchy and then you hit it over the top with your screaming kickboxes? Okay, gotcha.
1: Yeah. And then I, you know, and it's funny how um, I I had a compression pedal, but then that didn't make sense because everything was so compressed. But I know people that love compression pedals, and I'm using a compression pedal for a different purpose on this tour, which is um, turning my sound down because I don't have time to actually turn it down right. by the guitar volume. And I have, it's a one channel amp. So it's, my clean sound is just turned down. Right. So I use the compressor to do that, just to give it a little compression and to turn it down. And then I don't have to, you know, I hate doing the dance anyways. You know what I mean? I'd rather right. run around and step on pedals. And then obviously with Bon Jovi, I have the talk box and a wah and a chorus. I use once. Right. <laughs> Now for delays and all that kind of stuff, are you going through an effects loop or do you not, you just let that stuff do, go out front? I, I did get a, uh, <clears throat> I was missing it in my ears. So I, uh, I usually let the sound guy do it, but I found a, uh, a Strymon uh, delay. I, I forget what it's called. It's got a weird name. El Capitan, <laughs> is that the one? No, I got the dig at home, which I really love because you can set two. Uh, this one's a different one. <clears throat> and I got that going into the effects loop, and you know what I use it for? I use it for themes, like a, a melodic theme, because there's a bunch in the in the Bon Jovi set, and that really it's, it makes it really pop. And I yes. love that. And and I've never been a tap guy in my 50 years of playing guitar. Right. <laughs> never been a tap. Well, obviously they didn't have a tap right so push back then, but now I find myself just hitting the tempo and sending it on the on a dotted eighth or something and it just speaks it's pretty yes. awesome awesome and who doesn't like delay on delay so the sound guy's happy delay
0: on delay, 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 delay on delay on delay on delay delay on delay Riba riba. <clears throat> you know for the last couple of years I, you know, well prior to the cove you know I did that amp with my that company that has my same last name and I made my wish list and it has everything on it so most of the time when I'm out, I just put a cord into the amp and then we're done. And then I got used to during Cove doing all the live streams from the house. I I kind of got used to doing having a little bit of delay here and there again. Yeah. And uh, so then I started using overdrive pedals because I didn't want to go through the freaking effects loop of the amp because that's just more shit. Right. And um, but it's interesting because I like to have a little like a little analog delay on um, with just a little bit of slap on all the time because it just warms wow. everything up and i never would have done that before but I, i've listened to all these old bootlegs they're like cream and whatnot and, and it always sounds like there's just of course it's not it's just the sound of the room
1: so what delay are
0: you using i use this little uh, you know jam pedals from greece are you familiar yes. with those yeah so i use their delay Brothers. llama Nice. And I just just have it on just a mm-hmm. little bit of slats, almost indiscernible. But it just sound. It's kind of like when you use that EP booster and you turn it on, and yeah. it just makes the world sound better. It's kind of the same yeah. thing with that delay pedal. It's, it's I just it just kind of makes the world a better place. And then I just you know I've had a Boss DD3 since the beginning of time, and yeah. I just like to have on a little bit of a longer thing. So I usually keep them. You know, I have the the slap back on all the time. And then when I'm doing the solos where I want I'll, like a little longer thing I'll I'll hit the <clears> uh DD3 on and that just kind of does it. You think it's around 350?
1: <laughs> no, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> But you know, it's 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 just it's interesting cuz I I listen to I watch your videos and stuff like that. I I mean I love how you play on the 335, man. Oh, well, thank you. It's so sleazy. And it's just, you know, you pick up a different guitar and you just play different. No, absolutely. And uh, and you have that. It's like how every guitar should speak through an amp. It's how your hands want to handle that guitar, and that's right, right, right. It out. And I, I just love that about, you know, like so many guys go out and they well, have you do like the same thing, you know, seven you of the-, the same guitars, and I'm like, yeah, but you're you're not really changing from paragraph to paragraph, you know? You're kind of like narrating the same thing over and over. Right, 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 right.
0: We interrupt this regularly scheduled gristle-infested conversation to give a special shout-out to our friends at Fishman Transducers, makers of the Greg Koch Signature Fluence Gristle Tone pickup set. Can you dig that? And our friends at Wildwood Guitars of Louisville, Colorado, bringing the heat in the shadow of the Rocky Mountain. Yeah, there's certain things that, you know, guitar, you know, you know you know how it is. You know, you, you, you have your different icons, but right. to your point, earlier point, is like you don't want to sound exactly like your, iPod, your icon. So you, you like that voice, but you just want to put your own stamp on that voice. Right. But the guitar that those guys played kind of is the template for you to explore that voice thing. And so it's like, you know, if I play a Strat, I play a Strat a certain way. Tally 335, Les Paul, you know, it's, you know, it's the same thing. Totally.
1: Well, I had this, I have this amazing Trini that I got from Gibson and we played, I'll be there for you on the strat. And then John's like, just go for it on the strat. You know I mean? He didn't say on a strat, just go for it at the end. I'm going to, Elvis is going to leave the building kind of thing. And uh, when I played the strat, I'm just kind of like, I'm not feeling the soloing on this at all. And you're in front of 15,000 people, so you got to fake it, right? All right. <clears throat> and then the next night, um, I go to my guitar tech. Hey, when we do the acapella old thing, can we switch to the trini? And he's like, yeah. So we switched to the trini. And now, I'm just going. And Tico was like, you know, I, I knew you were going somewhere, and I knew we had to end it, or you'd still be soloing, and people be getting in their cars. <laughs> so... So sorry, I cut you short. And I'm like, (laughs) it's all good, man. It's it's all good. (laughs) So it's a Trini Lopez. (laughs) Yes. Well, it's a 64 uh, custom shop uh, reissue. And it's super fantastic. It's just, the neck is amazing and it sounds amazing. And sometimes I think about changing the pickup, but I don't want to change the pickup because, and that, you know, there's like, I'm a pickup changer guy, but not if it has to, not if it doesn't have to, you know, right. like I love pickups, like uh, my 57 Gold Top custom shop, I, I put a, a an Arcane PX8 in it, which is a, a, a nine resistance, but it's a non weight magnet. And that guitar is the Les Paul that goes, holy fuck, what's in that Les Paul? <clears throat> but the 60th anniversary, <clears throat> 59, burst. I didn't touch it it just has this sound to it that I don't want to mess with. So, you know, and then when people, and then I'm such a pickup changing guy. I, I put up a video on, Hey, what pickups in that guitar. And I honestly sometimes go, I have no idea. <laughs> and I think, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think there's, right. you know, why change it just to change it if it sounds fine.
0: <clears throat> right. I'm the same way. I am the same way, but you know, I got, it, you know, when I started doing the Fishman thing, then I started realizing that those pickups sounded a certain way. And now I'm used to them as my, my gigging guitars, you know, all have to have them in or else I, you know, I just don't feel right. But, you know, prior to that, it's like, you know, it's like whatever pickups the guitar had, the only thing that was my caveat was like, if I wanted a noiseless pickup, you know, uh, usually it was like you, you always had to um, compromise. You know what I mean? Hey, it it's noiseless and it sounds
1: pretty good. <laughs> well, you convince yourself, right? Right. I feel like every P ninety that tries to be quiet, it uh, there's a compromise. Right. Until you
0: try mine, and okay, then once well, you hear those, you're going to go, "Wait, what I'm, have I been
1: waiting for? These are them. Behold." I'm going to text you my address, and you can send me one to check out. Excellent. Because I I <clears throat> I feel the compromise is uh, is the angst. I love P nineties because they sound angry. Yes. And then when you, you, if I'm, if I don't have time to change guitars and I'm playing, I'm rocking out one and dead or alive and I'm doing a solo on a P90 and it's on 10 and then, Hey, we're going to go into a country song, but I want to do it like that. I can dial it back to seven. Right. And it'll sound like a telly. Right. And then when I, when I turn it down even more, it gets this glassy clean sound where people come up to you and they go, what's your clean sound? And I'm like, that's <laughs> obviously we're we're audio here, so I just turned down the guitar volume, and it was funny because I you know I would do gigs with the drills and I'd have a guitar with the P90, a guitar with the humbucker, and you know guys would walk in and go oh, that P90 guitar must be the backup, you know if you break a string or something, but I pick up the P90 and play it all night, right? And they'd be like man, I you really blew my mind, you were doing everything with that P90, right? And I was like what's. Well, I know it so well, and it responds to my hands. And it was also wound for me from Arcane. It's the PX90, not the workout P90. Right, well, that's but I'm working a, out. Added bonus. <laughs> but you know, I mean, it's it's cool geeking out with you about pickups and stuff like that because I'm gonna say that you know you have your own pickup, but then when you pick up the three three five with the Gibson PAF in it, it's like a different Greg. And yeah, I- but you know what's funny is that that has. Fishman pickups in it. Shut your mouth.
0: Yes, it does indeed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you corrected me. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, that three thirty-five is a beast. It's just you know that was my guitar as a youngster. You know, I played a telly when I was a youngin, and I went to I went to this um, like junior summer of junior year of high school. Uh, the the band director m- arranged it so I could go to this jazz camp. And uh, I went up there and I brought my telly I had like a 68 telly and that was my thing. And um, when I got up there, the, the the guy that was the guitar instructor up there, he was, he was cool. He wasn't one of these, you know, uh, guys that would, if, unless you played like a ES 175 with flat wounds into like a polytone amp, you were a heretic. You know what I mean? Right. He was really cool. He's like, Hey, I, I really see what you're doing there. You know, I said the blue stuff and a little bit of chicken picking in there. That's all really cool. If you wanted to add some more kind of, Jazzier elements maybe you could listen to these guys and he played me you know Robin Ford and he played me Larry Carlton and I heard a 335 and I was like soinks. and then there was this other guy up there who had a 335 another student who always wanted to play a telly so then for the the camp we kind of swapped so I was playing his 335 and he was playing my telly and so when I got home I saved up all my money for my summer job and I bought a, a, a reissue um, neck like uh natural 335 and that was my main guitar for years wow. on end and man it sounded good until it got so, stolen
1: oh my god that's the those are the worst stories everybody's had something stolen those are the worst stories
0: it I, was my own damn fault though i left it i, I came home from uh, a gig i had that night i was up in minneapolis and and i got back to my apartment and there was a party going on and i was so excited to go into the party and start party and more that i left my shit in the car and some miscreant stole my amp well, at that time i had a little music man rd 112 with a uh with a jbl in it which sounded awesome actually i would just go straight into that bitch, turn it up and rock like a pagan warlord both the amp and the guitar were stolen the next morning and the um the keyboard that was in the back seat that a buddy of mine had just left in his road case. They left that shit alone, but they, but they took my guitar and they took the amp. But I always, I always brought it back to this thing is the next morning when I woke up, I dumped my girlfriend on the phone. Cause I had found a new gal, a new way to be if you will, in the big city. And so <laughs> I dumped this gal on the phone cause I didn't want to drive six hours in my broke down Chevy citation to the hell end of nowhere and say listen it's over and then drive all the way back no i let the fingers do the walk and fill and i dumped wow. this poor gal on the phone and karmic retribution was i went out to that chevy citation and my shit was gonzo so lesson number one take your stuff out of your car lesson number two
1: do an in-face breakup or have your shit stolen right that's the <laughs> karma thing um i i i have a when I had a pickup truck, I could hide – I had a lid on it. So I ah. could put a half stack and three guitars and pedals and all kinds of stuff in there. I closed the lid, and nobody knew anything was in there. Ah, so that's there kind go. of a cool way to do it. Um, but growing up in Canada, I did a gig one night, and I came home. And this is before gig bags. So everything's a hard shell case, right? right. So we're going right. way back. So I, I'm, in, I'm in living at my parents' house, and I get out, and I'm so tired. I get everything into the house except one guitar. It's a guitar case that's standing up right beside my car. And then there's my dad's car and my brother's car and my mom's car and this guitar case. So I get up the next morning, and this is the beauty beautiful thing about Canada. Um, I get up the next morning, go to my car. And everybody left and just left the guitar case there.
0: (laughs) So it's my
1: car and the hard shell case standing up. And I'm like, thank you, Mississauga, Ontario. Yes. The good people of Mississauga. That's right. So, I mean, I've had guitars stolen too, like rehearsal room doors getting kicked in or something stolen out of the back of a car. That that sucks when that happens. But uh, we all learn from that. We do.
0: I always look, though, when I, when I see a, at any guitar show, if I see a, like, 1983 uh, blonde 335 dot neck, I always look at the headstock because there was a particular chip in the headstock. Wow. And then the case had a particular spotlight burn on the front of it. So I'll oh. know it when I see it. Okay, now wait. Here's the question. Do you still have that telly? Uh, no, I got rid of that. That was a stupid maneuver as well. I sold it to this buddy of mine that I grew up with. And, uh, and then after I sold it, you know, that was back in the day, Phil, I don't know if you've had this experience, but there was definitely a thing when you were younger, either you were a single coil guy or you were a humbucker guy, right? Yes. Because if you were used to the single coils, the humbuckers were way too mid rangey and dark sounding. Right. But once you got used to the humbuckers, it sounded like plinky, plinky, plinky on the it's like right. you know that was before the days where were like yeah well we just switch and you you make up for that with this and the next thing back it it seemed like you were you belonged to one cult or the other so yeah. at the point where I was you know team three thirty five uh, it was nice to have the uh, the telly but I just didn't play it much so I sold it I sold it to this guy who immediately routed it out for humbuckers and I was horrified ever since. Well, you know,
1: it's it's that it's um. <clears throat> You know, you go to a bar and you'd see somebody playing a Marshall. I remember seeing someone play the first Marshall in a bar and I was like, oh my God, I have to get a Marshall. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I had a PV musician, which was like solid state. And I was just happy that it had distortion. Right. When the other guitar player borrowed a Marshall hashtag for the Battle of the Bands, I was like, what's that? It was so like tubes what like right. I, crazy so that kind of stuff but you know what like, music is like such a it's such a music is such an amazing thing and guitar is such an amazing thing and there's so many variables involved in in flavors and tastes and stuff but it's like you know when you jam with uh hey why don't you, you want to get up in the jam with like derek st holmes and he you start playing like stranglehold and then bam you're like 13 right dropping the needle right. on double like right. gonzo because he sounds exactly the same and you just you have just time traveled yep you know like that's not not a lot of things do that you know right but it's the same thing with guitars like i found a 1979 strat with a black black plastic yep. pickups it was a 79 and i found it in fort lauderdale and it had the big headstock yep. and i walked in it was what was the place called? The Guitar Broker, Jeff. And I saw a guitar, and it reminded me of the Strat, the secondhand Strat I bought when I was eleven. I went halfsies with my dad. It was three fifty. I washed dishes at his restaurant to earn the one seventy five, and then we went to this weird guy's apartment and bought the secondhand Strat. So when I put my hand on that neck. I was 11 again. It takes you back. Am I right? I just, it takes you back. I was, I go, Jeff, you got to give me a deal on this thing. Cause I don't buy, I don't buy guitars. I don't buy vintage guitars, but I have to have this guitar. And he gave me a really good deal on it. And I, it's sitting, it's going to be, it's sitting in the case, but once my studio is done, it's going to be hanging out on the wall and I'll be taking it down for all my strat parts. Like, but isn't that, isn't
0: that funny though? Guys our age, those were the strats that we got our hands on back in the day.
1: Exactly. Because and then, of- you know, I was a dummy because I put a Floyd Rose on it and <laughs> as you do and chiseled it for a humbucker because I didn't have a I didn't know what a router was and uh, you know <laughs> shit like that.
0: <clears throat> I bought a 74 Strat last summer that I saw cuz I <clears throat> the big headstock thing always fascinated me because of Hendrix. I always wanted a, you know, a Richie Richie Blackbar.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, like some Ricky Ricky White less. As the case may be. And I walked into the store and uh I looked up and I see this sunburst strat with the big headstock. And I'm like, hey, what's that one? And I and I pick it up and it weighed nothing. I'm like, this isn't right. Usually these weigh a a shit ton. And I like dropped it down. I said, What's the deal? Oh, it's a single owner, you know, down in Texas, had this guitar. It's a 74. It looked like brand new. And I plugged it in and I started playing. It's like, oh shit. And I had to have it. And man, that uh and it's amazing too. It's <clears throat> you know we get used to the flatter radiuses and the taller frets but when you go back to those old radiuses and the in the, the teeny frets it's like you totally remember how to play it and it's fine
1: well and and you know what getting it, you know staying on the topic of strats you know at uh frederick americana i would play many 50s strats and i right. like 154 after i had just played like a gibson something and then i plug in a 54 and i think i have to change the tone of the amp but i don't right because it sounds super fat and yep. it plays amazing and it sounds and it sounds and it's not fretting out and i'm like why did they change this right this 1954 strat is the perfect strat like one thing they should have done in the beginning was obviously put a tone control on that treble pickup, which right. they, they didn't do. And a lot of the newer guys that are building, you know, uh, replicas, they're they're doing that. You know, like a master treble and like a master tone and a blend knob or something like that. Right, right, which totally right, right, right. makes sense. But uh, man, it's so so crazy how we just, you know, I mean. Dude, we could talk like this for hours, <laughs> right?
0: <laughs>
1: Unbelievable! We like them guitars.
0: Well, I never so what, gets old. what do you got coming up? Well, next week we're doing a <clears throat> we're doing gig down at Toledo. Wow! With the band, and we're actually it's our it's the trio with uh, and then Ken from Reverend plays with Jay Navarro and the Traders. It's reggae kind of sky outfit. So we're doing a double build down in. Toledo. Then we're going down to Sweetwater, and we're doing two days of like a live at Sweetwater thing. I love the trio. That. And that place is great. It is, indeed. And then we're doing a gig at uh, in Chicago at a place called Martyrs, and... Um, we're doing a thing with my buddy Joel Patterson, who's a great guitar player. His band's gonna play, then we're gonna play, and then he's gonna come up and jam with us. And awesome. then we're going back down to Sweetwater to do like one of those band workshop things. Dude, I love that too. Did that once. That's and awesome. And then, and then that weekend great we're going. Live. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's amazing. People at, at Sweetwater, they're amazing. Old Thad is a buddy of mine from back in the Thad's day. We, fantastic, and he's Thad taller Thad. than I am. He's one of the only people in this industry that's taller than I am. It's a little weird. Yeah that and
1: sam (laughs) that's crazy (laughs) um that's crazy so okay so after you're doing like a master class recording class
0: right and then (laughs) we do some gigs that weekend we're down in evansville at this place called mojo's boneyard it's actually a cool club and then we're playing in illinois in uh, bloomington at a cool club called the stable music cafe and then we head on home so we got about an eight day run coming up and then we're going to do a we're gonna start it off this Saturday with the live. Have you done any stuff on that together.co uh, format? That's a cool streaming thing where it's like interactive. A bunch of different guitar players have been doing it. It's really never, cool.
1: Never. I'll so have we're to check it out.
0: we're doing that on Saturday, and then Sunday we drive to Toledo, and then it all begins.
1: See, we're supposed to play in Toledo tomorrow, and that got just it just got canceled. Ah. So our but our next show is it, it is near Chicago, and it's in St. Charles, Illinois. We're playing okay. Arcada Theater. Oh, so, I've heard of that place. We've we were there with Jeff Tate in the fall, and we had a blast, so it's a good place. Excellent. Yeah. It's neat. It's neat doing these little theaters. It's neat doing But, you know, I, more than the little theaters where there's actually seats, Yeah. yeah. Like playing the places where there's no seats, and people just cram in there. Yes. And that just makes, that's just way more rock and roll for me. You know, when people pay for those front that front row, and then they're there, and they're just waiting for Yngwie, and it's like, um can I get you a sandwich <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, what are you waiting for? you know oh yeah, right anyway but uh so it's it's you know it's 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 we're having a lot of fun, which is really cool and I'm really happy with the band is so good uh and we're very uh, we we went out of our way to write super super courses and all these songs you know and uh so if everything's really memorable Excellent. um. So, and that's, and we just released a song called Hero last, uh, last Friday. And uh, our singer, Kurt, man, he's got a very unique voice. And he gets compared to more like uh, Leonard Cohen with heavy guitars, but he oh. recently got. Bob Dylan, and they call it talk rock, but he's got this bass to his voice that you would not believe. It's like gives the bass player a run for his money. <laughs> but, and it's got it's really amazing. But this hero song that we just put out is about you know first responders, you know police, firefighters, and veterans and stuff like that. And and it was funny because you're in the audience, and he said he says something in the beginning of it. This song is dedicated. We're I'm just hanging on a B chord. And he says the song is dedicated to first responders, and you see this lady in the front row. Front row, go! That's me, and you, and you get the immediate connection. Yeah, and yeah, you're like, wow, we're we're doing something really cool right now. It's 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 really neat. Cool. Yeah.
0: And so this tour is going through June, and then you're home for a little bit. Then what happens?
1: Home for a little bit, and then, um, and actually, the, my other band, the Phil X and the Drills guys, we're going to. Uh, the UK in um, in October to open for Skid Row. Oh, Wicked! So doing that. I mean, so jets and arenas, theaters and a bus, a van, a van, and uh, dives in UK. Wicked. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's going to be Rocktober in the UK. It it will be. All four food groups will be present. It's going to be. Uh, <laughs> Pretty exciting. Well, that sounds like a pretty full year of activity. Yeah, and in the med- in the middle, doing those Dropbox sessions too. So, I mean, that's what it's what we do, right? And if and I feel blessed and and grateful to be able to do what we do. Right. Absolutely, no doubt. Yeah, but in the meantime, I have to go downstairs to rehearsal. <laughs> well, listen, my friend. Thanks so much for hanging. Ah, oh, dude, it was amazing. I love hanging with you. And I love talking with you and geeking out with you. And uh, we got to get our guitars to, get, to have a date. We will uh, do A play it. date. For We sure. will have a play date, and we will rock
0: with the intensity of a thousand suns. A thousand suns! I can dig it! It shall, it <laughs> shall be done. All right, my friend. Well, thanks again. We'll talk to you soon. Be safe out there on the road, Ski.
1: Thanks, buddy. And you yeah, too, man. Do Dude, have fun in your eight gigs and, and kill it. We should, it shall be done. All right, my friend. Have a good one. Thanks again. you Thanks. too, buddy. Thank
0: you. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to Chewing the Gristle. We certainly do appreciate it. On behalf of Wildwood Guitars of Louisville, Colorado, and our friends at Fishman Transducers, we say don't be a stranger now. Keep on coming back. We're going to keep on giving her.